All right. Welcome to the Felt Recall Podcast, episode number 121, the election aftermath. I, I guess I have to start by apologizing for getting anyone's hopes up. I, I called Trump at 317. Yep. yep. Wasn't gonna, I wasn't going to start the show by calling you out. You ever have that feeling where the last time... Yeah. Remember the, you have that feeling sometimes where you remember the last time you saw somebody, you said something that you probably shouldn't have said, so the next time you see them, you're going to have to deal with it. Where the clouds just... Yeah, I see you almost every day, and that's, yeah. Yeah, that's still a thing for me. I was going to say that's a pretty often occurrence. It's how I feel right now. Uh, Chris here with you. Uh, Mr. Patrick Hulon is here as well. How are you, What's sir? What's up, buddy? I'm good. And then Mr. Micah. Hello. How are you, friend? Great. Good to have you back. Where have Thank you been? You. Building igloos? Uh, busy. <laughs> In the great Northwest. <laughs> Actually, Midwest, I guess. Where's Wisconsin? Is that Midwest? No. Uh, I mean, it's, kind of, it's like Canada, basically. Yeah, so. yeah it doesn't count. Uh, welcome to the Felt Recall Podcast. Let's start. I have a few personal things to get off my chest, but not before... We talk about this week's charity of choice, which is the Arms List Legal Defense Fund. If you've ever tried to sell a gun locally, and legally, by the way, and you want to let the gun community in your area know that you have something for sale, you have probably used Arms List. But did you know Arms List, they provide you with a free service, but then they can barely stay afloat because it's constant, frivolous lawsuits against Arms List. They just won one, a major win for them, but they have to pay the money out to defend themselves in court. Arms List really is out there fighting for the civil rights and the liberties of the gun community, and they need our help. So if you've ever used them before, remember they helped you make money and they didn't charge you for it, and they would really appreciate the favor being returned. Go to armslistlegaldefensefund.com, armslistlegaldefensefund.com. You can donate there okay uh it's linked over at our facebook page as well so if you follow us on facebook or instagram or twitter or now parlor uh go over there and find us and boy we're going to talk about parlor in a second aren't we that exploded this week and, and by the way the misinformation campaign of the left is in full swing full swing i have a million dollar idea for somebody by the way before we get into which one's funnier i'm all ears a segment that just started today because I didn't, it's probably the only time it'll ever happen, but uh, two things happened today, and I can't decide which one's funnier. Um, here's a million-dollar idea. If I have an email in with your customer service department because I feel like I need an, an answer from you about something I bought from you, how about you knock off your promotional emails until you answer my email? Can somebody please write the code wise. for that so that, for instance... We're using the Rode Podcaster Pro soundboard. We're using two of their pod mics, okay? I'm a fan of Rode microphones. I have them on all my DSLRs. I use their lavalier mics. I use their uh, camera-mounted shotgun microphones. I like you, Rode. I really do. But they sell a wire that they claim will power this board through USB, and it does not do that. It doesn't do it. You can't just plug it into a USB port and have it work. You have to like buy a Come specific. Come on, man. I know. I know that. I know that. And they do tell you on your website if you read through all the verbiage there. So I sent him an email and said, hey, what do I need to buy to make this work? And I can't get them to answer me. But they keep trying to sell me stuff. And so I'm annoyed with them now. And I, I wish they would stop. 
Okay, uh, which one's funnier, guys? Happy birthday, by the way, to my wife. And that is pertinent because uh, I ordered her a cake at a little bakery here locally for a 3 o'clock pickup today. And I go in to pick the cake up to bring it home. <laughs> and I walk up to the counter. And I say to the girl, hey, how are you? She goes, good. I said, hey, uh, I had a pickup for Vermilion. And she goes, um... Oh, that's your name. <laughs> I said, yes. And she goes, oh, okay. Well, what did you order? I was like, what's Vermilion? Okay. I ordered a cake wow. from your bakery. And so she ran off to get it. And I thought, boy, that's really funny. But then I came home and I had this letter from USAA. And I think this is just fantastic. Attached. This, I'm going to read it to you verbatim. Here's here you can look at this. Pass the check around. Oh, there's a check. There's a check. How much uh, is it for? I th- yeah, wait, don't spoil All it. All right, don't spoil it. You're gonna get that answer, <laughs> dear Chris. Attached is a check for one dollar and ten cent. <laughs> it gets better, believe don't it or not. Don't spend it all in one place. It actually gets much better. This amount represents a refund for all finance charges and fees that should have been reimbursed, as well as interest of. One dollar and four cent. So, apparently USAA, because they discovered I was not reimbursed for finance charges as part of a previous credit card dispute, I was owed six cent. And so they paid me interest of a dollar four, which is pretty awesome. I mean, I've been with them for about 20 years now, so I guess it started then. Like, maybe on day one, I didn't get reimbursed that finance yeah. charge. Sounds about right. I don't know how you earn a dollar four on six cent in interest. My brother could do that math. I cannot. Attached is a check for a dollar ten. The amount represents a refund for all finance charges and fees that should have been reimbursed, as well as interest of one dollar and four cents. I can't even spell amortization, so. <laughs> right. I'm not going to try to do the math, put it that way. So somewhere in that $1 nickel and a penny are finance charges, fees, my reimbursement. Actually, no, that would have been the finance charges and fees have been reimbursed in the amount of $0.06, cent and the interest was $1.04. Anyway, what a world. Hey, it's Joe Biden's world now, or maybe not. Well, the so question is, what we'll are you going to spend it on now? That's a great question. Great question. That will buy you two and a half rounds of nine millimeter right now, I believe. Okay. I was going to say enough electricity to record this podcast. That might That's be fair. right. That fair might enough. be yeah. right. You know, we like to say on this show every week as we started off that we believe all men are created equal, but all ideas are not. But however, we have just learned this week, Felt Recall is now the home of lies, hate, chaos and division did you guys know that didn't know that was the case no but i am very excited about that intrigued yeah michelle obama took to instagram Ooh, took to instagram um i don't know know, it's gonna be good i don't know if you know this but michelle and her husband barack actually had control for nearly a decade no yes hang on hang on still working out that interest yep eight years yep Mm -hmm. eight years uh, she says, let's remember tens of millions of people voted for the status quo. She's talking about the 70 million people who voted for Donald Trump, even when it meant supporting lies, hate, chaos, and division. 
We've got a lot of work to do to reach out to these folks in the years ahead and connect with them on what unites us. I can't wait for that. I love this shift that Biden, who called people chumps, who called a guy fat and challenged him to a push-up contest, who called a young lady a lying pony-faced soldier, whatever it was he called her. This guy now says, okay, okay, take the temperature down. Calm the rhetoric. It's time to But get why along. is he doing that? Like, if we could examine that for a second. Because he's the kid that got the cookie. Well, I you, think... You give me my cookie or I'll continue to stomp my feet. I think that he thinks Donald Trump is going to pitch a fit. And so far, he hasn't really done that. Best I can tell, uh, when the media called it for Biden, he was out playing golf and didn't really seem to react when he was right. coming off the golf course. Right. Doesn't really look phased by it. Hasn't lashed out like people would ordinarily think that he would. Sure. So I think that what Biden is trying to do is play the the sort of middle of the road. I'm going to be the great healer mm. and all that kind of jazz. Barack 2.0. All, all, yeah, but all as a reaction to Trump like flying off the handle. But the problem with that is Trump isn't flying off the handle. I would expect him to. I'm not I'm not defending him in any mm. way. I I'm, any minute now I'm like expecting him to just go full nuclear Trump. and just like yeah. flip out on everyone in every way he can. It just doesn't seem like it's happening. He's actually playing it really cool for a change. Yeah. Which I, I mean, is actually respectable. Micah, I have a theory, but did you expect it to be as close as it was? No. You weren't here for our predictive conversation from last week. Did you think Trump would blow it out? Did you think the blue wave was coming? That Biden was convinced was going to happen. You know, I you know I truly thought that Trump was going to win by a landslide. I truly did. Yeah, I, to the point where I wasn't even worried about it. I think he was supposed to. Here's what I think happened. I think that Biden and company believed the blue wave was coming, but they were kind of doing that thing where you're pretty sure it's going to happen, but you want to just fluff the numbers a little bit in case. Mm-hmm. And then it actually was so close that now they have to show their hand because every vote matters and they're scrambling to go. Because isn't it interesting? You mean every legal vote? Right, every legal vote, which apparently is a racist thing now. Don't know if you saw that Mm, commentary. Yeah, legal vote is seeped in racism. It's a dog whistle. So apparently we're not supposed to say that. But this is, and what's funny about that is this is exactly what they do, right? The whole establishment that we've talked about, the bedfellows of politicians and the media and how they expect us to believe what they say. They think we're so stupid and they think they're so elite. Listen, listen to this lady from Fox News who may or may not have known that she was being recorded, but the she's so incredulous that someone would be on Fox News and say... Yeah, I don't really know. I'm trying to find her name. Um, This is Fox News anchor Sandra Smith. Busted. Saying the quiet part out loud. Listen to her. Uh, She's got a guest on, and the guest is basically saying, look, we we don't really know the validity of every vote yet, so we need to let the legal process play out, and then we'll know 
who the president is. And FYI, this lady says, FYI, the media doesn't decide the president. The media doesn't get to go on and say Joe Biden's the winner, and then that makes him the winner. If there are contested votes, there's a legal course that Donald Trump can take to make sure that every legal vote is counted and every illegal vote is dismissed. And listen to what happens on Fox News. Remember, just because CNN says, or even Fox News says that somebody's president, doesn't make them president. So I think everybody wants to know that this was done properly Mm. and legally. What is happening? Okay, so that's Sandra Smith that you heard say what and what's happening. That's Sandra Smith. And now she's going to tell Trace Gallagher, we've already called it. Trace, we've called it. And I think we have to look into every one of these concerns. Yeah, I think it's, it's full display of we've called it. We're in charge here. Who is this underling, this plebe who's willing to come on our network? If you've seen the clip, uh, Harris Faulkner, who was she interviewing? Um, she's talking to somebody who also says, well, there's, a, there's legal ramifications here. The, the, the president has the right. Oh, Trey Gowdy. Harris Faulkner and Trey Gowdy. And Trey Gowdy says, there could, be, there could be fraud. And if there's fraud, we need to know if there's fraud. And she literally rolls her eyes and tenses up like, Oh, please, God, don't talk about it. We don't want to hear about it. We don't want to hear about it. Almost as if Fox News, and we know because they called Arizona as quick as they did, almost as if Fox News just hated Trump that much. And maybe there is a right to be bitter because they they made that monster. Like, they're the ones that created the Trump train. Well, you know, he got on on the network first thing the morning of Election Day, Mm -hmm. Groundhog Day, V1. Right. So he got on TV and basically bashed them and told them all they were garbage anyway. And so I felt like, so on election night, I was actually flipping around a couple different channels, kind of taking the temperature. I didn't want to sit on one channel because I thought they were all full of crap. So I thought, right. well, I'm going to, I'm going to watch a couple different and bounce back and forth and see, you know, if there's a overwhelming slant or if, if anybody's going to be reasonable, who might it be? That right. sort of thing. Yeah. They call Arizona, as you mentioned. And then you have Brett Bear on Fox News brings on the guy who is the statistician deluxe mm-hmm. for Fox News. Mm-hmm. They bring him on and he, Brett Bear basically just berates him about how can you make this call so early? Yeah. Like there's, there's yeah. just no way. And wouldn't let it go. Yeah. And then when they finally kind of wrapped that segment, you could, it was like palpable how frustrated Brett Bear was, where he was just like, I mean, okay, <laughs> I guess that's just what we're going to do yeah. now. Yeah. Like, and that was on Arizona specifically, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 And then you have, um, you know, maybe Brett is a standout over there, which he seems like a standout guy. You have now this scenario where the press won't let the president speak. They cut his press uh, his uh, press conference off, and then the press secretary comes out today, four o'clock today, and interrupts Neil Cavuto. Did you hear this? And Neil Cavuto, here's what happens as she's talking. She- we want every legal vote to be counted. And we want every illegal vote. Well, 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 I I just think we have to be very clear. She's charging uh, the other side is welcoming fraud and welcoming illegal voting. Unless she has more details to back that up. I can't in good countenance continue showing you this. I want to make sure that maybe they do have something to back that up. But that's an explosive charge to make that the other side is effectively rigging and cheating. 
Like, what makes them so nervous? The left hasn't come out and denied it. Doesn't that speak right. volumes? Right. If if there were no fraud to be had, or let's just say it wasn't a coordinated effort. So maybe you have a couple outliers where some people at some polling places threw some ballots away. All right? Okay. I'm not saying I'm willing to accept that for either party, no matter who does it. That's ridiculous. Right. But let's say it wasn't coordinated. Then what? Yeah. Then all all Joe Biden has to do is come out and say, yep, uh, you know, obviously there's there's bad apples everywhere, and we need to root that out for the sake of our democracy. He won't even do that. Well, think about if you went home today. You're exactly right. Let's put it in an analogy, right? Let's, let's say you go home tonight, and your wife says to you, there is $1,000 missing from the checking account. I watch it every day. I check the balance. We're missing $1,000. What did you do with it? And you say, I didn't do anything with it. As, she goes, as I have night vision goggles on my face. <laughs> right, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> you come home. What a cog. Plate carrier, <laughs> yeah, all decked out. And you go, you're right. There's probably only $1,000 missing. <laughs> right. Do me a favor. Stop looking. But let's say there's a discrepancy in your checking account all of a sudden. Your wife blames you. And she goes, I know you were talking about this thing. Whatever it was you wanted, I know it was this thing. Did you go buy it? And you go, no, I didn't go buy it. She goes, I'm going to give you one more chance to be honest because I know you went and bought it. I know you went and bought it. Your reaction, I would suppose, would be, babe, open the checking account, open every credit line we have, and just show me where that transaction happened. I'll be glad to concede. But that transaction did not happen. It did not happen. Right. Right? That's your natural reaction would be, I didn't do anything. Open the books. Do whatever you got to do. I'll help you figure it out. I didn't do anything. So to your point, why has there not been a push from the left to go, sure, sure, do it. Investigate everything. Because here's what you're going to find. You're going to find out that you're wrong, you're in denial, and the majority of American people have stated now they don't agree with the way the country was going. This is on you. This entire election is on you. And then you, you, you win that argument. Now you have the higher ground. And that hasn't happened. Now they just shrug and laugh. And they go, who would ever believe that? Get over it. You've lost. Who would ever believe it? <laughs> Please don't look over there. Please don't look over there. Right? So Please don't look at the Canadian voting machines in 28 states. Funded by George Soros. Yes, sir. We'll get there. A.G. Barr, according to Daily Wire, as of just a couple hours ago, has authorized federal prosecutors to pursue substantial allegations of voting irregularities. Attorney General William Barr authorizing those federal prosecutors to pursue the substantial allegations. Uh, His memo was directed to U.S. attorneys and other federal law enforcement officials praising the strength of our democracy as more than 140 million Americans cast ballots to select their leaders. Barr said that now that the voting has concluded, it was, quote, imperative that the American people can trust our elections were conducted in such a way that the outcomes accurately reflect the will of the voters. He continued to say the department's general policies with regard to election fraud investigations are contained in the justice manual, and he goes on and on. Any concerns that overt actions taken by the department could inadvertently impact an election are greatly minimized, if they exist at all. Once voting uh, has concluded, even if election certification has not yet been completed. Um, It's a very long statement. The point is A.G. Barr directing U.S. attorneys and others to pursue the allegations of voting irregularities. 
The White House says they have proof. Project Veritas has proof after proof after proof after proof after proof from Michigan to Texas to Las Vegas. We'll give you all those details in a second. Uh, first, let's talk about what Patrick just mentioned. And then, Patrick, I'll let you expound on it, but I'll, I'll give a few details here from justthenews.com. An election software glitch in Michigan's Antrim County had incorrectly directed Democratic votes to presidential candidate Joe Biden. That was fixed, and it's put thousands of votes correctly into President Trump's totals. Software had reportedly caused a significant number of votes to be allotted to Biden in a county that has for years been reliably red. In the presumed final count, Biden originally led in the county by more than 3,000 votes. Revised totals show that Trump won the county by around 2,500 Addressing the alleged software glitch, Michigan GOP Chairwoman Laura Cox said Friday during a press conference that 47 counties in Michigan use the same software in the same capacity. That's 47 counties in Michigan. Does anybody know <laughs> what the vote count is in Michigan? Trump versus, uh, versus Biden? I think the country has collectively given up on the counts. Hold on. As far as keeping up with Let's check CNN real quick. Oh, yeah. They'll be on it. They'll be on it. In Michigan, uh, it is 2.79 million for Biden and 2.64 million for Donald Trump. So that is a difference of, let me do some math, 56,000, 146,000. So we know that in one county, Trump should have won by 2,500, and there's 47 other counties using the same software that very well could have glitched in the same manner. That would take it about eighty to 90,000. It's probably, it probably one-off. If they all held the same. About. Right. Um, furthermore, let's... Okay, so let's dwell on that for just a second. Are you ready to talk about the um, Dominion and the hammer and the scorecard. Yeah, I was actually looking for a couple articles. Um, okay, you get that ready. Micah, have you heard of these? The, Domi the Dominion Machines. Dominion's the company name funded yep. by the Clinton uh, Global, Global Initiative. Initiative. No, mm -hmm. I have not. And they uh, basically built those machines. Is that right? It's a Canadian company. Um, Pelosi's husband. And Feinstein's husband, of course, are on the board. No, nothing to see there. And Hunter Biden. <laughs> and Hunter Biden. Weird thing about Ukraine. Some guy Hunter named Biden. Devin. Yeah. Um. Interestingly, though, beyond that being interesting, um, they these these machines. I don't know. I couldn't find anywhere where they've been used before. So it seems like this is some new invention. And I could be way wrong on that, but I dug around a little bit and just tried to find where this company had, uh, you know, was was proven at some point and can't seem to find any evidence of that. Okay, well, here's Breitbart. You get your details on Dominion if you want. Here's from Breitbart. Two Georgia counties using the exact same electronic voting software as the Michigan County, Antrim County, that experienced the glitch also reported glitches. What? What? During the 2020 election, voting machines crashed in Georgia's Spalding and Morgan counties. 
on election morning because what uh, because of what election officials described as a glitch. A Georgia election official said that a technical glitch halted voting in the two counties was caused by a vendor uploading an update to their election machines the night before the election. Let me ask you a question. What is that? I'm no genius. I'm not a savvy businessman. I'm actually very bad as a businessman. I get it. But let's just say, let's just say, you're in charge of voting, and you're in charge of the machines, and you're in charge of making sure they're in tip-top shape before election day. You really think the night before the election, some dude comes in and goes, you know what? I got this update I'm going to install. Do you not own a cell phone? You've never updated your cell phone before and gotten up the next day and absolutely nothing worked. You go, no, 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 no. You should have done this days ago. But yeah, but we, we need the update. What, do you, what kind of update? Sorry to have my tinfoil hat on too tight here, but what kind of update are we talking about the night before the election? So, uh, yeah, go ahead, Micah. No, um... No, I'll go. Continue. Okay. Uh, sorry. A Georgia election official said the technical glitch halted voting uh, because they did the update. Quote, that's, that is something that they don't ever do. I've never seen them update anything the day before the election, said Marsha Ridley, election supervisor at Spalding County Board of Elections. Riley added she did not know what the upload contained. The report said that Georgia counties used software made by Dominion Voting Systems, the same software used in Michigan. Dominion Voting Systems is also used in Michigan's Antrim County, according to the Detroit, according to the Detroit Free Press. On Friday, Republican County officials in Michigan's Oakland County said he found that he won re-election in a race he had already conceded because a computer glitch was then fixed and swung it back to him. What a mess. Yeah. What a mess. So I, I think you just made several of the points I was going to make. One thing I would add that I found pretty striking is, you know, we talked the other week about BLM and how they're funneling their money into act blue, which is essentially a super PAC for the Democrats. Yeah. Dominion also uh, has donated around 12 separate instances to act blue. No kidding. So we have a, a, software and hardware company Mm -hmm. they did both Mm -hmm. the software and the hardware for the system interesting who are totally in the bag for the democrats the the board uh the the financing everything all leads back to them so if that makes me a a tinfoil hat crazy for for looking at that and and scratching my head and going i mean something here just doesn't quite add up right then so be it you know, isn't it funny that we, we get this, I'm trying to figure out if this is equal. I don't know if I'm being too harsh. But the left is the party of, let's take all the guns to save one life. Right. Can't we redo the vote to make sure every vote was correct? No. Like, is voting no, not as sacred? No, it's, no, it's not? No, okay. No. Right, no, because our guy won, so no. <laughs> yeah, so shut up. Now, if it had been the other way around, you can betcha. you imagine? You betcha. Can you imagine if there was some uh, you know, software company in the bag for the Republicans right. and there was an allegation, just a simple allegation of fraud, what that would do? People yeah. would lose their mind. The yeah. media would never let it go. It is, it is probably the most optimistic view you can have on where it sits right now is that we know if the shoe was on the other foot, 
they'd be burning cities down right now. Like, it would be well, I mean, madness. They, they prepared for it, right? Yeah, I mean, they, they did. They, they, they boarded ready. up every major city in the country just in case they lost. Yeah. And, and has then, anybody else noticed that COVID has just completely gone away? Right. Since his victory speech? Yeah. It's well, dead. Yeah. It died. I mean, the good news there is... Um, We've, we've christened Joe Biden, and Pfizer has the answer for us. They've got the cure. So that right? I don't know why we need to even consider it anymore. It's really over. Is, is that Scaramucci text real? I don't know if it is or not, man. I meant to look it up. I'm going to see real quick. I didn't I didn't pull that off Twitter, so we probably need Let's to verify Look at it again one. and tell me. How do I spell his last name? Scaramucci. I mean, just sound it out, bro. Yeah, it's okay. It's not that hard. All right, sorry. It's intense. Uh, here he is. Anthony Scaramucci, American entrepreneur. A vote for Joe Biden will save the Republican Party. Of course, CNN colleagues. Important to know. Same ballots. Yada, yada. I don't see it. Uh, it would be so awesome if it was. I mean, he could have deleted it. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna keep looking. Um, I'm gonna read it while you're looking. Just and and if this is not real, then just consider this as purely for comic relief. Wait, wait in that in that, how long ago did it say it was? Uh, this was two hours ago from when I sent it to you. Okay, yeah, I'll see it. So from allegedly from uh, Scatamucci's Twitter account. He says, thank you at Joe Biden for developing a COVID-19 vaccine at real Donald Trump had four years to do it and couldn't crazy. So many things going on there. It's crazy. I love it Micah read us through. All right, hold on. I'm going to find this. So there's a lawsuit alleging fraud in Detroit. This was on the rundown, which is great. Great find by Micah here. Uh, there are witnesses from Wayne County who are signing legal affidavits that they witnessed uh, ballot tampering and voter fraud. Yep. I believe this is a part of that. You want to go through this, Micah? Like, yeah. uh, you can read through it all if you want. Yeah, absolutely. So this is off Twitter. Um, right here, approximately 4.30 a.m. Uh, I, thought, I thought I was going... I thought everyone was going home as our shift had ended. There were two men in charge of counting, one in his 30s and one in his 50s. At approximately 4.30 a.m. on November 4th, 2020, the man in his 50s got on the microphone and stated that another shipment of absentee ballots would be arriving. It would have to be counted. I heard other challengers say that several vehicles with out-of-state license plates pulled up to the center a little before 4.30 a.m. and unloaded boxes of ballots. Boxes. Boxes. At 4.30 in the morning. Yes. So, at approximately 4.30 a.m., tens of thousands of ballots were brought in and placed on eight long tables. Unlike the other ballots, these boxes were brought in from the rear of the room. Mm. Mm. Nothing nothing shady at all. Right. I do my best work at 4.30, so I don't see what's wrong. <laughs> yeah. Where do you work? Don't worry, don't worry about it. <laughs> all right. So, the same it, procedure. It, real quick, he didn't say it was the work he gets paid for. Oh. <laughs> this is the best work he does. All right. The, the mind hears what it wants. <laughs> yep. So the same procedure was performed on all ballots that arrived at approximately 4.30 a.m. But I specifically noticed that every ballot I observed was a cast for Joe Biden. Everyone. Every at 4.30 in the morning. Nothing shady at all whatsoever. This is part of a new elections lawsuit, according to blaze.com in Michigan, alleging massive voter fraud and vote counting procedures in Wayne County, a democratic stronghold and home to the city of Detroit, by the way. 
The Great Lakes Justice Center is a nonprofit civil liberties defense organization announcing the lawsuit and press release claiming that Wayne County election officials allowed illegal, unlawful, and fraudulent processing of votes. So that's all out of Michigan. So there is documented sworn affidavits of what's going on in Michigan. Let's swing it to San Antonio, Texas, where the woman at the heart of an election controversy caught on tape by Project Veritas has apologized to the candidates and said she was lying in the video that caught her saying she could get votes for $5 per vote. Raquel Rodriguez is heard saying on the video she has specific candidates, quote, in her pocket in a, vote, in a video alleging ballot harvesting, saying, quote, I have nobody in my pocket. Okay, again, I'll go on record saying it was all a lie. Rodriguez uh, sat down for an interview with News for San Antonio saying, unfortunately, they were brought through all this because of them, not because of me, talking about Project Veritas. According to Rodriguez, she knew something was odd with the two men who were allegedly trying to hire her for an upcoming city council race. She claims to have been trying to get to the bottom of it by duping them. Quote, shame on me for not realizing, realizing I shouldn't have done that. Shall I say that? Shame on me for that. She sounds smart. Rodriguez now says, lesson learned, checkpoint. Let's move on. See, mm, see, this just that it, easy. Just forget about it. Let's move on. I know I said I could sell votes. Uh, she had some Veritas has someone on the phone with her where she says, I can get you 11,000 votes for $55,000. And that person says in cash. And she says, yes. So, I mean, she's in the act of committing fraud. Either way, she wants to slice it. She should still be in some legal trouble, right? Nothing to see here. Yeah. I like that she was just like, uh, JK. Mm, that's right. Uh, Liz Campos, who's running for state rep on the south side and has been fighting voter fraud for years, sent a statement saying she does not condone corruption, especially not voter fraud. Liz owes me nothing, okay? Liz Campbell is the person to vote for, the person that's going to do the job, Rodriguez said. That's all I got to say. Bottom line. Again, Rodriguez says she's sorry. These people have been brought into this mess which they shouldn't have been, and that's the reality of it, talking about the candidates. She names candidates. She names two judges. She goes on uh, to name elected officials and say, they're all in my pocket. I get them votes. They owe me. Okay, so maybe that one was a lie. Let's move to Nevada, where a whistleblower is describing a Biden van vote factory in a signed affidavit, a second sworn affidavit from a whistleblower who was an election worker. This is Clark County, Nevada, Las Vegas, she claims mail-in ballots were improperly filled out in a Biden-Harris van outside of a polling place. A redacted copy of the affidavit signed on November 8th has been obtained by the Washington Examiner, and it puts weight behind some of the claims first detailed by American Conservative Union President Matt Schlapp, who is helping lead the charge for the president's legal efforts in Nevada. The whistleblower worked as a poll worker from October 17th to the 30th and complained about a Biden-Harris bus or van that was often stationed outside the polling place, illegal, that would often have speakers, dancers, music, and other festivities going on, and organizers had to be told several times a day to stay 100 feet from the polling location so that it could be legal. Uh, he also said voters uh, without proper ID were permitted to cast provisional Ballots. The biggest shock claim, though, dealt with improperly filled out ballots in the van belonging to supporters of the presumptive president-elect Joe Biden, whom the whistleblower saw while on a lunch break, uh, a lunch break walk 
on October 28th or 29th, saying, quote, I personally witnessed two people handing multiple unopened mail-in ballot envelopes to two other people who then opened and filled out the ballots against the side of the van. The same two people who marked the ballots then put the marked ballots in official pink and white envelopes. This is a sworn affidavit, much like the one that's been turned in in Pennsylvania, talking voter fraud to the same degree. There's also a Pennsylvania-based United States Postal Service uh, whistleblower who has signed his uh, legal affidavit, and he says he'll testify about the backdating of ballots in Erie, Pennsylvania. James O'Keefe of Project Veritas says he's scared, he's going, uh, he's afraid he's going to lose his job, the whistleblower that is. The Erie, Pennsylvania-based Postal Service whistleblower is named Richard Hopkins. Hopkins says he's nervous because it's a big deal. Some people at his work surmise that he was the one to talk to Project Veritas about the scheme to postmark late ballots. If you don't know, by the way, um, the whistleblower's story was posted Thursday on Project Veritas's website and centered around a conversation he overheard the day after the election, saying, I was casing my route and I saw the postmaster pull one of our supervisors to the side. And it was really close to where my case was. So I was able to hear, listen, and I heard him say to the supervisor that they messed up yesterday. He told the supervisor they had postmarked one of the ballots for the fourth instead of the third because they were supposed to put them for the third, meaning they were getting ballots late and going in and postmarking them for earlier in the week so that what should have not have counted as a vote would then legally count as a vote. It was fraud. It was fraud, and he signed a legal affidavit. In Las Vegas, a mailman has agreed uh, on tape to pass on a nice handful of unclaimed ballots to a Project Veritas undercover journalist saying, if it's in there, I didn't do it. The mailman says, hey, it's not a problem. I'm going to see if I can get you some ballots, a nice handful of ballots. He says there's always old unclaimed ballots around. People will just stick them in these like crevices. If our voting is going to be trusted to the post office, says James O'Keefe, we have to be able to trust the post office. So that's well, a lot. That ain't going to happen for me. Right. Not even close. They can't track our packages. I mean, <laughs> some, I, I did see somebody Sounds put like, on uh, Instagram or something. There's a meme going around. It was like, they'll steal the money out of your birthday card, but you trust them with your ballot. Yeah. That was pretty... Yeah. Pretty legit. And the, yeah, there was a thing going around about, you know, if you trust them so much, put a $100 bill in an envelope, and mail it to yourself. Right. See what happens. Are you willing to do that? No. no. Of course not. So can we talk for a second about the fact that in all of these battleground states, um, we have a situation where the Senate wasn't upended by the blue wave. Right. That has suddenly swept Joe Biden into the presidency. And there was a net gain in the House. Right. So, again, let's <laughs> slap the tinfoil hat on. I don't think you have to for where if you're going where I think you're going. But yeah, go ahead. I'm trying to understand how, because look, how many people, especially right now, went into the voting booth and said, you know what, I'm going to go D for the president, R for the Senate, R for the House. It's just it's not going to happen. It's not happening. Whether you push the button that says straight ticket from the rip. Right. Or, which personally, and again, tenfold hat, I don't trust that because I've heard the horror stories of people pushing the button for uh, a single party ticket and uh, 
their votes getting switched on some of these machines. In South Carolina, we use a, it's a paper. It's like a Scantron it's if like you ever Scantron, did that in school. But it's yeah. like, so you're on a computer, it's a touchscreen, and it punches the Scantron, and then it spits it back out, and yep. then you take that over to a machine, and it verifies it, I guess. Well, you it pull it out, it. and you visually verify it. Correct. Yeah, yeah. And, and then you walk, you go ahead, I'm right. sorry. Well, no, yeah. you're good. I mean, that's, so it's, I think that's a reasonable system yeah i, I like it that way because then you get to see right what the machine did and then you walk it over and the poll worker at least at my station the poll worker said did you review your ballot yep and i looked and she even said don't let me see it mm-hmm. and i said i don't care if you see it and she goes well we like it to be private i said okay you know and that was nice of her and all that and so yeah i reviewed it i said yeah it looks good and she said okay if you'll place it in face down you'll be good to go i place it in face down i hit a verify button i'm out Yep. Easy. So let's just say the majority of Americans didn't vote straight party ticket. Yeah. How is it possible then still <laughs> right. that, that the Senate and the House did not completely go Blue. for the Democrats? Yeah. Explain that to me. You can't, statistically speaking, right? I've heard that it would mean it, like 80 to 90% of the people would have had to have just voted for Biden and walked away. And walked away. They never went further down the ticket for it to go the way it went. So um, Sidney Powell was on Maria Bartolomo's show. Which yeah. I have re- a lot of trouble saying her last name. Uh-huh. And it just, every time I hear it or see it, I think Bartles and James. <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, this total side note has nothing uh, to do with anything. Sounds like somebody likes some wine cooler. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Peach flavored. Mm. Do you have it pulled up? Um, I, I, uh, yeah, I, I think I can play this. Okay. Uh, if you want to try, you can. And this is, she's going to give the statistic on there's something like 3% nationwide of the votes that would shift. I believe that's the case she's about to make. If it works, great. And we can play the audio. So. If not, I kind of put you on the spot there. That's all right. I don't think I'm connected to the old Bluetooth here. So I'm just going to read you. I just read us through it. I'll yeah. read you a little piece of the article here. If I can pull it back up. Go ahead. You got me all, all out of whack now. That's my fault. That was my fault. Uh, Sydney Powell yeah. on. On Bartles and James. She says, <laughs> at least. 450,000 ballots have now been identified in key states that have, quote, miraculously only have one mark for Biden and no other candidate down the entire ballot. Can you even believe it? That is, I, I get that a lot of people hate Trump. I get it. But could you imagine hating the guy so much that you go, oh, but it doesn't matter if anybody, you know, who gets the Senate or whatever. Right. And I mean, maybe people are that dumb. I'm sure there are some, but 450,000, like that seems like a little bit of a stretch. Yeah, that's a hard, that's a hard sell for anybody, right? Like, um, you know, a couple of votes here or there, and they can say, we found it, we figured it out, and there's no, you know, there's no sway of the overall election. Uh, that's one thing. The idea of half a million in yeah. a race where 30,000, are deciding and and i think this also goes to prove the point that the pollsters and the media as a whole as a collective were so wrong about this idea that there was going to be this blue wave that was going to sweep everything the watching the both houses of congress come in to me was more telling than the actual 
presidency. Yeah. Just because I felt like to me, that was a greater um, way to kind of take the temperature of the electorate. Sure. Sure. Um, here is Sidney Powell, by the way. Let's see if uh, we can. As part of the president's legal team, Sidney, good morning to you. Thank you for being here. Can you walk good. us through what has good taken morning, place Maria. here as you see it? Yes, there has been a massive and coordinated effort to steal this election from we, the people of the United States of America, to delegitimize and destroy votes for Donald Trump, to manufacture votes for Joe Biden. They have done it in every way imaginable. I just want to pause for a quick second. Sidney Powell did not kill herself. <laughs> right. Okay, all right, let's continue. Thanks. From Very having fine. dead people vote in <laughs> massive numbers to <laughs> absolutely fraudulently uh, creating ballots that exist only voting for Biden. We've identified at least 450,000 ballots in the key states that miraculously only have a mark for Joe Biden on them and no other candidate. Wow. If you look at Florida, where things were done right, you can see that that's how the rest of the country should have gone but they also used an algorithm to calculate the votes they would need to flip and they used the computers to flip those votes from Biden to, I mean from Trump to Biden and from other Republican candidates to their competitors also I think Doug Collins had the race stolen from him I think uh, John James had his race stolen from him it wasn't just President Trump there were many people affected by this we have got to fight tooth and nail in federal court to expose this abject fraud and the conspiracy behind it and get a recount and audits in every place it's needed, which is, frankly, most of the country. Jeepers. That's really, really heavy. Really, really heavy because if, if there is an ounce of truth in what that woman just said, the fraud being perpetrated against the American people right now, how shall I say it, would justify any sort of uprising of the patriots of America that could be coordinated, put together, and, and properly executed. Because it's in the founding documents that when our government becomes antithetical to its natural state of being, which is to protect the rights of the people grant as they are granted by God, and when it becomes contrary to those means, you alter or abolish it. I mean, if there is an ounce of truth to what that woman just said, I think we're at the point where morally we are obligated to say nobody that currently exists in government and nobody involved in the body politic of America need be allowed to be there anymore. And I'm not talking death and destruction. I'm talking rid us of them, politically speaking, they should have to sit on the sideline and let somebody else take over and do it the way it's supposed to be done. She just named uh, three major races that they believe they have evidence of computers being programmed to steal those races from those candidates. That's a big, big deal. Probably more of a BFD than Obamacare was, if you ask me. If I had to say so. I think they should fair. make some T-shirts. Uh, so we have Michigan, Georgia, Nevada, Wisconsin. 
I think this is one more thing we have to say Pennsylvania. About, about all of this in Pennsylvania. Yeah. We have sworn affidavits in, in at least three of those places. Um, if you're not on projectveritas.com, you really should be. Don't get away from that. Um, but I think it is worth remembering, as cliche as it's about to become, the media doesn't decide the election. And in this election, the courts will have to decide the election. It's too close to call in too many places. So Joe Biden and CNN and Fox News and all these people can claim that Joe Biden is the president-elect. But Joe Biden, as of right now, actually is not the president-elect because the votes actually haven't been final. Arizona is in play, by the way. Have we highlighted this yet? Arizona is still in play. No, he is within 1%. That's not true because Fox News told me the night of the election that that there was no chance. Sorry about that. Okay. Well, then we'll just take that back. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Thank you, Mike. Why, why even bring that. it up? I don't know what I was thinking. I really don't. I knew you guys would come around in my way of doing things. Um, Has to, nothing to do with the fact that I'm pointing a gun at both of you, right? No, sir. Okay, good. Not at all. Um, we're good. As of two hours ago, two hours ago, it is, listen, we're recording this 11 p.m. Monday night, almost seven days after the election, we're almost a full week removed. We are six days post-election. And as of two hours ago, CNN has reversed its call for Arizona and says it's now undecided after the Biden lead, as Micah just highlighted, has shrunk to only 14,886 votes. That's a big deal and a big decision on their part. It drops Biden's electoral college number from 290 to 270. So if... You take Arizona away from him, and if you understand that Pennsylvania is contested and Michigan is contested and Wisconsin. And Georgia. And Georgia. I mean, Trump's holding out. So let's go through the Arizona updates of today. What we knew was that if Trump could grab, was it 57% of the remaining counties, right? In each county that was remaining, he needed 57% of the vote to turn Arizona to himself. We now know that La Paz County, 75% to Trump. Cochise County, 67% to Trump. And that has caused Arizona to go back to really gray. It's it's uncalled. That's two, that's, you know, nine o'clock on a Monday, six days after the election. So, did they ever call Nevada? I'm a little removed on that. I mean, Nevada's another close one. 95% reporting. Fox News has called it for Biden. But look, hang on a second. Let's stop right there. Okay. 95%. 95% reporting. And that's... We're, we're effectively a week removed. Yeah. What is happening that we can't get that last 5%? (laughs) I'll tell you exactly what's happening. Oh, well, maybe I won't because I just did that. Um, As as we just talked about, it's because you have, um, where'd she go? You have corruption everywhere. That Nevada whistleblower describing the Biden van was in Las Vegas. That's Clark County, where they're just filling out ballots on the side of a Biden-Harris bus. Clark County is Biden's biggest margin. 400 he's got 54% of that vote with 94% of Clark County reporting 492,000 ballots uh, votes to 401 
for Donald Trump. Everywhere else, minus Washoe County, which is 125,000 to 114,000, Biden over Trump. Nevada is like the primer of the Electoral College. It's like a microscopic, microcosmic, I guess I should say, example of why the Electoral College is so important. If you look at Nevada, you have a sliver of blue on the northwest side and a small amount of blue on the southeast side, and the entirety of the rest of the state is red. And red by large margins. In Humboldt County, Trump, 75% of the vote. In Elko County, Trump, 76% of the vote. White Pine County, Trump, 77%. Eureka County, Trump, 88%. Lander County, Trump, 80%. Churchill County, Trump, 72%. Pershing County, Trump, 74%. Lyon County, Trump, 69%. Story County, Trump, 66%. Douglas County, Trump, 63%. Carson City, Trump, 54%, and on and on it goes. Mineral County at 61%. Esmeralda County, 82% for Trump. But when you get to where Las Vegas is, the home of the cheaters, Sin City, Biden has 54% of the vote. When you get to Las Vegas, where that bus was parked outside the polling station encouraging people to vote the way they wanted them to vote, that's where Biden won Nevada. You guys watch um, Narcos? I have not. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, spoiler alert. Narcos Season 2, Mexico. There is uh, an episode called Truth and Reconciliation, which is kind of funny, given current conversations about how we need truth and reconciliation commissions like they had in South Africa (laughs) to deal with all the Trump supporters. That's us. Um, So there was a, this in this episode, um, it is a presidential election in Mexico. And it's based, I assume on true story, 1988 Mexican presidential election. Okay. I haven't seen this in a while. So forgive me if I'm a little foggy. Somebody can fact check me. Um, be sure to text me at I don't care. Um, <laughs> but basically, the premise is uh, the cartels want to sway the election and get their guy in the red, white, and green house. And so, right. so essentially what they do, keep in mind, this is 1988. State-of-the-art computers are probably about what your Apple Watch is now. But they're using yeah, right. one of them in this episode, and they're they're so they're explaining how this uh, computer is going to tabulate all the results, and eff- effectively they they fix the election with this computer. Somebody sees this guy pushing some buttons on the machine and kind of flips out and catches a guy in the act, and so at that point they they have to resort to strong arming everyone into voting. Uh, to get the the cartel guy into the the office. I'm bringing this up because it seems like we're living through it. Yeah. In real time. That's where we are now. Isn't that crazy? It is crazy. I remember watching it thinking, this is absurd. Like, how could anyone actually get away with it? Yeah. And yet. Here we are. Here, here we are, yeah. The witness 
who signed the sworn affidavit in Las Vegas, by the way, says he personally witnessed two people handing multiple unopened mail-in ballot envelopes to two other people who then opened them and filled out the ballots. Um, After walking laps to try to catch them doing this at the bus, there were five or six additional people who formed a human wall, which moved as I walked by, apparently in an attempt to block my view of the four people who were opening envelopes. Whistleblower recalled reporting the incident to a supervisor who then called the Clark County Elections Office to no avail. Someone there told her nothing could be done about the ballots or envelopes being handled outside at the Biden-Harris area. The election office added that ballot harvesting is legal in Nevada. Ballot harvesting, excuse me, is when a person collects and returns already completed ballots. People not operating in a government capacity are not legally allowed to distribute mail-in ballots or mark ballots for others. Another Clark County, Nevada whistleblower who worked in a ballot counting center has signed an affidavit claiming that a supervisor instructed the person to process mail-in ballots despite concerns about whether the signature matched the name on the envelope. Somewhere I'm trying to find, there are also allegations. Oh, yes, in uh, Detroit. These are the plaintiff's uh, allegations against the illegal activity done in the voting in the, in the polling place in Detroit. Uh, the plaintiff alleges that ballots were counted even though the voter's name did not appear on the ballot or on the official voter rolls. Election workers were ordered not to verify voters' signatures on absentee ballots. Election workers processed ballots that appeared after the election deadline. Defendants used false information to process ballots. Many times, the election workers inserted new names into the qualified voter file, defendants coached voters to vote for Joe Biden in the Democratic Party. This is a signed legal document signed under the penalty of perjury. If you were caught making it up here, you go to jail. And this person is willing to say that poll workers in Detroit were telling people and showing them how to vote for Joe Biden in the Democratic Party. Election workers would go to the voting booths with voters to watch them vote and coach them for whom to vote. Unsecured ballots arrived at the TCF Center loading garage, not in sealed ballot boxes, without any chain of custody and without envelopes. Defendants refused to record challenges to their processes and removed challengers from the site if they politely voiced a challenge. This is... Absolute, it's incredible to read through all this and know that tomorrow the mainstream media will tell you there is zero evidence of any voter fraud in this election. But we've given you a solid 58 minutes now of nothing but examples of massive, thorough, and quite frankly, very well orchestrated and executed voter fraud. I feel like we're just, we're just sort of skimming over the top, too. I mean, it oh, must sure. go, right? In fact, um, Twitter kept taking down last week uh, videos of poll workers in Michigan mm-hmm. clearly writing, opening and writing on ballots. Yes. And even one poll worker just obviously kept looking over his shoulder, making sure nobody was watching. I mean, it was being recorded the whole time. They kept taking it down. And uh, I know a lot of people were retweeted. Nah, but they kept taking it down. And isn't it amazing? There's also video evidence of this. And you've got... uh, But they'll tell you it's fake. Well, yeah, and what they do now, right, is they do this whole thing where they say, this is disputed, right? Yeah. 
It hasn't been proven. Fact. False. Yeah, it's just disputed. Well, I dispute that. Okay, on what grounds? Ah, I just dispute it. <laughs> like, okay, but there's, there's no it, it hard is, evidence necessary, I guess. It is terrifying how um, censored social media is. Yeah, and it by the way, yes, Terrifying. Mm-hmm. Absolutely terrifying. Where is... I'm trying to remember the woman's name. She was in Michigan, right? The video I sent you a Facebook Live where yes. the woman was... Um, Basically, she's 100% fed up. She's close to tears. And you can hear the roar of the crowd as this woman is documenting the fact that the people have started chanting, stop the count, stop the steal, because... The poll workers there, where she is, stopped counting, brought in a whole bunch of ballots, and I believe this was like the 130,000 dump for Biden, right? Yep. And and these, these folks were furious about it. I think the woman says in the video that there's like 400 and something people outside. There's no way. There's no way it was only 400. I out, You mean outside the facility trying to get in, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, and she was uh, she was inside a forty thousand square foot facility. They had told those people they couldn't come in because of COVID, and they needed social distancing, and they weren't allowing anybody else in. And then she does kind of a pan shot of herself. She pans around the room and she goes, "What are you even talking about? Like, look at." how few people are in here, and this is a 40,000-square-foot facility, there's no way anybody's getting too close to anybody else. Um, well, I was going to try and play the audio, but maybe there's I don't have it. a lot of blame it. game going on there, too. Or, here uh, it is. Go ahead. You found it? Yeah, I got, I got, I'll have the audio here in a second, but you go ahead. I think she was saying there's a lot of blame game about who it was that was saying that people couldn't come in the building. Yeah. Yep. from the TCF Center in Detroit where there's a huge challenge to the ballots that arrived overnight in Stop the city of the Detroit. Count. Stop the count. Wayne County. And we have hundreds of people chanting to stop the count. Um, I've been told that President Trump getting louder. President Trump has filed for a lawsuit to stop the count. Here's what's going on in Detroit. I left the GOP. I, want, I just want to pause for a quick second. I, I won't take too much away from this woman. Here's what I love about this woman. When you watch her and just with utmost respect, just an average woman. This could be sure. anybody's mom, anybody's aunt, anybody's sister. She's not She's not here to be a celebrity. Doesn't even look like she has a lot of makeup on. She's out there minding her own business, doing what she probably believes is her civic duty, trying to get out there and vote. So this wasn't a woman who went looking for attention, is my point. She's not trying to glam up and say, everyone look at me and I'm a hero. What she does that I think shows almost a, a tinge of panic here, really the fear, I guess I would say, not panic, is she states a lot of obvious. Oh, it's getting louder. 
oh, they're doing this. Because that she's processing it. You can feel her processing yeah, it with well, you. It feels real. This doesn't Cute. feel manufactured like every time I see a video of That's it. Kamala Harris being <laughs> so fake. I mean, it's like, <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to put up with that. I'm actually more disappointed that that's going to be my life for the next four years. I'm going to have to listen to that loon. It's going to be bad. If oh, so bad. All right, let's go back to the crowd. Make photocopies. When we arrived back to TCF Center, we were stopped by security. Um, I was in an elevator, and security wouldn't let the elevator go. And, you know, I just prayed really quick, and asked the Lord for some help, and I'm like, uh, sir, Mr. Security Guard, sir, um, what's the holdup? And I called our, um, the office, the GOP office, we have some uh, attorneys, and the attorney said, you let them know that you're on GOP business, that you've got copies that we need to do the job of challenging the poll. And and I'm going I'm to skip ahead a little here. bit here, so you can just see that this is where it gets really raucous. She kind of shows that there's people out front uh, trying to get in. She shows that the building is basically empty, and the crowd is just erupting. So if you leave, if you're a challenger and you leave the room to go to the bathroom, they're not allowing you to come back in. They sent the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services to remove only those from the Republican Party. Dude, all right. So you can go watch that full thing on our Facebook page. It's unbelievable, unconscionable to me that that kind of stuff is out there and anybody would be willing to say no evidence at all. So uh, I just stumbled upon an article from... The Peachtree Times, which is a paper out of Augusta, Georgia, uh, headline is Augusta voter alleges Democrats were still filling out provisional ballots three days following the election. No kidding. Um, and so the article basically says it starts with a quote where someone's asking uh, a question. He says, don't you think what you're doing is wrong? An Augusta voter asks a man as he uh, alleges, allegedly tried to fill out illegally Uh, his son's provisional ballot. Uh, The voter who requested anonymity due to fear of retribution is reporting a man describing himself working for the Democratic Party of Georgia approached his former home in the Faith Village area of Augusta to try to finalize the provisional ballots. So this article basically goes on to explain uh, that this was, I mean, look, this, (laughs) I'm going to, I'm going to say this the easiest way I know how they're not even trying to hide it. Right. This article, and it's not a long article, but I don't need to read it to you because we've already laid it out here. This is just one more instance. This is not even in a, a disputed area as far as I know. I think really Fulton County seems to be the, the crux of where the issue is in Georgia. This is Augusta. Uh, I, I can't imagine there was a lot of controversy there, but apparently yeah. there was. It's If it's in one spot, it's probably in all of them. Let me say one thing about Parler before we do our vote of the week this week. Parler, uh, like we mentioned earlier, the hit's already out for Parler. They're going to try to brand Parler as a place for white nationalists. They're going to tell you it's for anti-Semitism. They're going to tell you all sorts of things. 
Fact of the matter is, Wikipedia is lying to you. Wikipedia is not peer-reviewed. Peer Anybody can go in and edit a Wikipedia article, especially the girl whose name was Guerrilla Warfare, who every article uh, she had edited is absolutely left-leaning. She says in her bio she's out to fight the Manosphere, M-A-N-O-Sphere, uh, <laughs> which is basically her way of saying white male patriarchy. I think she needs a hobby. She does. She has a hobby, and it is working with Wikipedia to provide misinformation about places like Parlor. No, I meant a real one. Oh, oh gotcha. Like she should buy a canoe. <laughs> something that matters. Or a bowling ball or something. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even care. Just something. She has an article that's getting passed around Facebook and people are going, see, if you go to if you go to Parlor, you don't know what you're talking about. You haven't done your research. Speaking of doing research, why don't you read up on the person that writes the articles you cite? But I digress. Or why don't you uh, read up on the founder of Parlor and why it's even a thing? Yeah, and here's the thing. So I didn't know that Dan Bongino is now a stakeholder in Parlor. He bought in, conservative talk show host. But you need to understand something. Parlor got its first big surge of users. Well, he's obviously a white supremacist. Obviously. Dan Bongino. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. Parler's first surge of users came not from President Trump, but actually from the fact that Facebook and Twitter were censoring Saudi Arabian people who had contrary viewpoints to the ruling class. And they were removing what those people said. And Parler said, we'll let you speak freely no matter where you are in the world, which, by the way, Google, Facebook, and Twitter do not do. Google, Facebook, Twitter will all work with the Chinese Communist Party to make sure that certain things aren't seen by the people over there who are being oppressed by those regimes. Stop with the BS about Parler because you want Twitter to win because Twitter literally sides with communists. What an incredible thing we're experiencing right now, by the way where all these people who are literally taking advice from socialists like AOC and Bernie Sanders now want to turn around and call the rest of us Nazis as if they don't know what the word Nazi means. It's literally in the word. <laughs> National Socialist Party. Nazi. What are you possibly talking about? You're either a fool or a liar or so naive you need to just stay quiet forever if you think you can embrace socialism Probably and call other people Nazis, of all of those. I'm telling you what, frustrating, frustrating, frustrating. I don't know that Parler is perfect, but I can tell you for sure you're getting more free information, meaning a free flow of ideas at Parler than you'll ever get on Twitter. The president's been censored by Twitter nearly 20 times within the last two days. Anything you post right now about election fraud, they're not letting you retweet it unless you agree to read the article or tell them you just don't want to read the article. It's absolutely a play to make sure that their friends stay in power and that your information is limited so you stay as naive as possible. They're the ruling class. They are the ruling class, and they want to remain that way. Did well, I cut you off? No, you're good. I mean, it's a, it's a strange situation where uh, you have the tech giants and the, the media oligarchs that are interested in the Democratic Party who wants to raise taxes and, and quote-unquote, make these uh, you know, companies pay their fair share. That's what they all ran on when, they were, when the Democrats were uh, debating who would, who would be on the ticket. They all wanted for that, right? Yeah. So it's very strange to me that – so either – well, 
I'm not going to, there's no either or. What it is, is all of those, the Zuckerbergs and the, what's the little guy with the nose ring? Uh, Jack. Jack. Uh, those guys know that nothing's going to change. The status quo will not change if the Democrats are in power. Mm-hmm. They're never going to have to pay another dime, even though the Democrats have campaigned on that. Yeah. So that fixes in as well. It's fair. So I, I think the, the the best thing that can happen and and what's awesome about America is that I think the free will of the people will win out. And that's why you have uh, Rumble, which is a new, uh, essentially a answer to YouTube. Uh, you have MeWe, which a lot of people are saying is going to be the next Facebook. Uh, obviously, Parler. And all, all three of those, just as examples, are answers to the censorship of the ones that we've all been using. Yeah. So I think... You know, I think a lot of these, I've seen a few social media apps kind of come and go. I'm sure you, you probably have paid more attention to it than I have, where they have this sort of meteoric rise and fall. Right. Um, they just get a little too popular too fast, but not popular enough in the right channels to be sustainable. And then they kind of yeah. fizzle out, right? Well, yeah, and they, they typically over-promise and under-deliver. Yeah. yeah. I, I think we're at an impasse where people are so fed up with the level of censorship and how every post now on Instagram that has anything even remotely political, right? Even some things that aren't political that I guess their algorithm confuses as political has a little banner underneath it. It's so annoying. It's so patronizing. Basically they're saying, well, you're just too stupid to understand what's going on. So we have to, we have to make you understand it. And they believe that. Absolutely. Well, yeah. they wouldn't be doing it if they didn't, right? <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, they, they, they've created, I feel like they're in the business of that now. Mm-hmm. They're in the business of censorship. They're in the business of telling you what it is you need to know. That's right. And I don't, it's a strange uh, path that social media has taken that's gotten us here to where we, we've almost become enslaved by it. So I'm looking really forward to things like Parler and some of these apps that are are pro free speech to see if that's the way people really want to go. It seems like Parler has gotten a huge boost, like you said. Uh, Bongino was a big, huge boost for them. He's actually the number one downloaded podcast in the world right now. Oh, nice! Beating out Joe Rogan. Wow! So that's that's something to be said in and of itself. Um, so he's he's all about it, and it's working for him, obviously. Uh, Mark Levin, who I can't stand personally, um, has jumped on, and uh, apparently right after he sort of said, hey, you know what, screw these guys at Twitter and Facebook because they're censoring me left and right. I can't get a word in edgewise. So I'm going to go over here to Parler, and it was like, boom, instantly quarter million more users. Which, I mean, that's a drop in the bucket to like a Facebook or something, right? But if those people leave Facebook and just really leave it behind, if there's just nothing left there because the people that they follow, the Bonginos and the the, uh, the Rush Limbaugh's or whoever they may be, the political pundits that, that they follow on the conservative side that have been so silenced are suddenly 
you know, not there anymore. They don't exist on Facebook anymore, but they're over here on Parler and they're, they're giving you the business. They're telling you what it is. That's right. Then I feel like that base is going to move in that direction. Yeah. And it, I'll tell you this, I think you're exactly right. And I think it will keep businesses there too, because as a guy that posts on behalf of firearms companies in my everyday life, you have to be very, very careful the way you word things. But over the past couple of days, being on par, you can say whatever you want, and it's like a, wow. It's I mean, very refreshing. You, know, you can say gun now. And I'll tell you what. So you, you made the point about uh, it being labeled this white supremacist app or whatever. Oh, right? yeah. So I'm sure that that's coming. If it's, if it it's has, already it, there. It's probably already there. So I've been using it for two or three weeks now and uh, clicking around a good bit, just trying to kind of see what's what. And I've, I've watched it. Uh, the, the users tick up um, the, the, I guess they have essentially what's a like button. It's an up arrow and yeah, it's up vote. When I first saw it, there was not a lot of people clicking that right. on almost anything. And now some of these, especially on the bigger name folks that are out there, um, you're seeing a lot more of those. Parlor also has a, a pretty cool verification and badge system. Um, that I think is uh, a step in the right direction yeah. to sort of verify who you're following and what you're looking at. And and you can get different badges based on who you are and, and what your involvement yeah, if is. If you're willing to prove your identity, right. you can get a badge if you're willing. Yeah. So there, there's some things I think that they're doing right. And I like it because I, I think I told you this earlier. I feel like it's a kind of a perfect meld between Twitter and Instagram. Mm. So you get a little bit of both of those worlds. Um, you can share links, which you can't really do on Instagram in the comments. You can't click on right. like a, a, a live link. Right. Um, so there, there's some, some promise there. Yeah. You got to remember Instagram's owned by Facebook. So there's a vested interest there in, in keeping people wanting to use Facebook. And since you can link on Facebook, why not keep that feature off of Instagram? Sure. So people have to go there. Well, I think Instagram too, probably um, they, they've manipulated the algorithm to such an extent to where it's not what it was. I think when the bulk of the users jumped on, mm-hmm. uh, much like Facebook is not what it used to be uh, in this effort to reimagine themselves or whatever it is they're trying to do. They just, they kind of lose mm-hmm. that spark that made it fun. Cause I feel like social media is supposed to be fun, right? I mean, it used to be, well, isn't that the point you share your good times and, it was still about people six days ago. Oh, that's right. That's right. I've stayed off Facebook to a large degree. Yeah, I'm not really using it. I'm still looking at Instagram a little bit here and there, but um, for the most part, they've, they've purged so many accounts. Yeah. That a lot of the Nobody's meme, there. I mean, most of the stuff I follow is meme accounts. I'm yeah. not going to lie. On Instagram? Yeah. Because yeah. there's just so much out there, especially working in the gun business. Mm-hmm. There's some really good ones. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, just that really hit home. That you mm-hmm. think, man, only somebody right here yeah. doing what I do can relate to this. Sure. You know? uh, so that that's always been like kind of a fun aspect of Instagram. But anymore, a lot of those have been nuked, and so there's just nothing there. Mike, out of curiosity, if you open your phone up and you go to social media, what's the social media app you're most likely to use? Uh, Facebook. Oh, really? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Interesting. Because you know what's funny to me about Parler is Twitter – Parlor is more of an answer to Twitter than anything else, right? Yeah. So 
That's, I think that's a fair assessment of where we're at. It'll probably grow. And, and I don't think it's trying to be Instagram. No, 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 not at all. No, no, no. I understand what you're saying. What I, here's the point I'm making is Parler is more of an answer to Twitter than anything else. Twitter is the second least used social media platform out there. If you look at common social media usage, it goes essentially YouTube, Facebook, Pinterest, Instagram, and then Twitter, and maybe, t- well, TikTok is probably up there at this point. I've also seen where YouTube is not really considered social media as much anymore as it is its own independent search engine. YouTube is the second search engine in the world under yeah, Google. there you go. Yeah. Google, YouTube, and then Pinterest is the third uh, search engine. Because think about it. Like, Google's great if you feel like reading about how to do it. But if I want to know how to do that, Somebody's going to show me on YouTube. Yep. Somebody's going to show me. So, so anyway. Micah, you you made a comment right before we, we uh, hit record tonight that you just downloaded Twitter, or you just got an account. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so proud of that. Wanted, to, what, what's wanted the, to see what all the fuss was what's about. What's it like to be that late to the party? <laughs> it's interesting. Like after everyone's left. What, yeah. But uh, nobody's using it. Nobody the, uses I mean, Twitter. The keg's been tapped. So yeah. you know what was really interesting? And I should have brought this up earlier. Is when I did sign up for Twitter, it was amazing. You know, like when you get on Instagram, they have these like uh, suggestions as to what to follow yeah. or stuff like that. So I signed up for Twitter. I'm on my phone doing it. I get the suggestions. All Democratic related. Oh, I bet. Every single one. Yeah. I... I I had to manually type in at real Donald Trump. Just well, if you it. censor oh, all but. the conservatives, then, I mean, there's really nothing. They go away. Literally so. every single suggestion to follow had to do with the Democratic Party. I can tell you without a, without a doubt. I so should have screenshotted. We use the Amazon free time app in our house for bedtime books quite often, okay? So I'll get the iPad, lay in bed with the, with the kids, and we'll find books to read. And Amazon, in the free time app, will recommend books to read. And for the last almost year, it feels, they've had books that inspire change. And, and I'm not joking. Three of them are about Michelle Obama. Mm. Two of them are about Barack Obama. And it has stayed that way. And it's all propaganda material. Here's things what? you need to read about change. Things you need to read about change. It's, it's everywhere you go. It is an entire shift in the culture. And this is going to make me sound really, really old. But it's everywhere you go now. There's some sort of propaganda, and they are targeting the kids. They're getting more and more savvy about if I can work it in to the kids. My son watches kids' YouTube, right? And he comes down the other day, and there's a Christian family that we watch the videos with, and we've never had a problem with them at all. And he came down the other day, and he goes, hey, I was watching them. I said, yeah. And he said, they had a guy named Joe Biden on, and he's running for president. (laughs) <laughs> and I was like, son of a gun. Of course they did, right? So I said, oh, yeah, well, what'd you think of him? And he's like, oh, he's, he seemed nice. I said, well, what'd he say? And no kid, like, here's where they really miss how stupid they are. He goes, well, he said that, like, if you play with your friends, you're supposed to stay away from them, like, because of coronavirus, just to wear a mask and, and make sure if you play with your friends, you stay away from them a little bit. And I could not help but laugh. And then he was like, yeah, that's dumb. Like, I'm not doing that. You know, like, <laughs> that's not so, how you play. so stupid. If Joe Biden was smart, which he's not because he's in cognitive decline, but if he had just an ounce of any sort of cognitive ability left, he maybe would have thought, 
why not just tell the kids, I hope you're able to get outside right now and play with your friends and have a good time. Like that's, what, that's what every kid in the world wants to do right now. Of course, Joe Biden's going to lock him back down and not let it happen. But that's right. Anyway. All right. Uh, we're way deep. Let's go ahead and talk about our vote of the I'm an ambitious officer. One voter. Everybody knows the rules. I need to be a part of the 100 Club. I know you say one vote. Everybody knows the rules, Mr. Kulon. Yep. Uh, can I make the vote anyone? Meaning everyone? Anyone and everyone. That does a particular thing, can they all be collectively the I the think if voter? it's a collective, then yeah, I can I can bend the rules for that. Thank you. Anybody, anybody, anybody who uh, mentions in your presence uh, about how happy they are to have the first person of color as the vice president of the United States is this week's voter of the week because it happened. Uh, do you know? I didn't know this. Did you know this? First person of color, vice president. Anybody? Anybody? All right, 1928. Sorry, you took too long. Herbert Hoover's vice president, Charles Curtis, was an American Indian. Uh, His mother was an American Indian of the Kaw tribe. Curtis was a member of the Kaw Nation, K-A-W, and was raised partly on the Kaw Reservation by his mom's parents and later in Topeka, Kansas, by his paternal grandparents. He became a senator from Kansas and eventually the Republican whip and the majority leader. Wait, Republican? I thought that was a party of racism and segregation. It how is. was this guy? It, is. it was an accident. How was this guy winning office in 1928? It was Jim, a long time ago. Everything was in black and white, Chris. Jim Crow wasn't around. Nobody the, could tell the difference. What? A Republican? <laughs> Jeez. Unbelievable, right? Anyway. Uh, he was elected with Herbert Hoover in 1928. That, that vote actually warms my heart. Doesn't it? That actually gave me the all the feels. So when you're hanging around, and I love, by the way, I, lo- <laughs> I got to tell you how stupid I feel people are. Charles Curtis was his name. Charles Curtis, the first American vice president. I can see color. where people Charles are. Curtis. Very confused by that because he's got a very white sound. Sure. Uh, did you see uh, the Kamala Harris descriptive by Joe Biden and his camp? She's the first black woman, first southeastern Indian Islander We're woman. Just lump it all in. I mean, it was literally like three or four labels for her identity. The thing about identity politics that I realized this week is it's a great excuse for the ignorant voter. If you're too stupid or too lazy or just too naive to keep up with politics and really give a damn about what's actually happening in the world, identity politics are your playground. Because it's so much easier to go, well, I'm going to vote for a woman. Because, by God, it's time America had a woman in that office. Well, sure. I mean, I'm not going to disagree with you. Yeah, the times are changing. But she should probably be qualified. What's she good at? I mean, I know, but I don't want to say it. <laughs> Maybe that's why Joe picked her. Could be. hey Hey. Hey, he is a little touchy-feely. A little? And given her track record. A little? Yeah, yeah, I think I see where you're going with this. I think he's a lot touchy-feely. So what you're saying is Joe Biden looked around and was like, who's a woman that wouldn't mind? And they're like, well, you know, she got her job. Uh-uh. Nobody wants to talk about it, by the way. How Jill and Joe started. Mm. It, isn't it funny in the era of Me Too? Yeah. Right? And men who exploit their positions of power 
to take Diddle. advantage of women. He was diddling the babysitter. And then, yeah, like here's a woman who's working on his campaign with her husband. And he goes, hey, you know what would be cool is if like we slept together instead of you and your husband. And she's like, deal. <laughs> you should go read that guy's story, by the way. I have. That thing it's is crazy. amazing. Amazing. He's actually done a few interviews now. Crazy talk. They wrecked his car. Do you know this, Micah? Joe Biden. So Joe Biden is sleeping with Jill, but Jill's still married, right? So she's stepping out on her husband, and Joe's doing his thing. He doesn't care. And he's driving dude's car, like a Corvette, Corvette. a nice car, and he rear-ends a guy and gives the guy his info, and he's like, we'll take care of it. And then Jill's like, you can call me at this number, and we'll have it taken care of. Well, the guy they hit calls the, the house, and Jill's husband's like, hey, what's up? And the guy's like, hey, you, you hit me with your Corvette, and you said you'd pay for it, and I haven't heard anything. He's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, is this not Joe Biden? Essentially, I don't, I don't remember the details, but the guy lets it slip that yet Senator Biden and some woman named Jill, and dude's like, I knew it. I knew it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he's diddling the help. But he's always been a stand-up me guy. Too. I mean, I don't really see what the big deal is here. Good grief. All right. Hey, appreciate you hanging out. I hope uh, that was a solid hour's worth of information so that when the people in your life say to you there's absolutely zero evidence of voter fraud, you go, ha-ha, contraire, monsieur. Felt recall number 121. There you go. We'll see you back here next week. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. If you'll leave a rating and a comment, wherever you get your podcast, that does help. Helps other people find us. It raises us in the algorithms, as the cool kids call it. And to uh, new people find the show, that'll help us grow, help us create more content, and we'd appreciate it. See you back here next Tuesday for another episode of the Felt Recall Podcast. Mm-hmm.